0: Well, hey, Becoming Me. I am so excited to introduce you to my warrior friend, Jess. Jess, (laughs) welcome to Becoming Me. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I am pumped to be here. I'm pumped to have you here. (laughs) It's going to be a party. I'm so excited. And before we dive in, I would love for you to just take a few moments and unpack, like, who is Jess? If someone was not familiar with you, who are you? What a question to start with, right? I'm, I'm straight in.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. Like some people love answering this question. I'm like, uh, but I, who is Jess? Jess is a girl who is, has learned to be fearless, even though I face many, many um, scary things in life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I am, I would say that I'm all, oh, well, let's just do the like facts. Okay. okay. I'm 42. I'm a mother of two teens. I've been married for over 16 years, and I've been a follower of Christ for just over that. So about 18 years, I've I've been a devoted follower of Jesus. Before that, I was a wild, strong-willed actress living in New York and all that that included. So Jesus radically changed me, yanked me out of um, the pursuit of a career that probably would have been the end of me, if I'm honest. So, um, I'm very thankful for that. And he sort of redeemed Mm. everything. So I'm a girl who's redeemed. I'm a girl who learned to be fearless. Mm. Um, and I still am learning that. So let me just, you know, preface that. Like, I'm not like the most brave person that you'll ever meet, but I have learned to make brave choices. Mm. And I think that my, my passion and my goal in life is to live a life that is marked by a series of jaw-dropping, obedient choices to God.
0: Oh, I love how you worded that. And I also love how you just worded like, (laughs) we can be something, but also Mm -hmm. still be learning to be that thing. And so like, I lead BecomingMe.tv and I'm still becoming and learning what that (laughs) means. And I believe I will never stop becoming. And so I think just because we're learning something or something is a central theme in our life, and we might know more about it than maybe the person behind us on the road and we can help them yeah. along. Yeah. Um, but we're always learning in it. So I yeah. love that you even distinguished that for sure. Um, yeah. And now I'm like very excited to dive into your journey <laughs> because this is going to be fantastic. So let's just, let's go there. Um, what's your story? Like what has made you who you are today? So,
1: okay. So I decided when I was nine years old that I wanted, wanted to become an actress That was, I was in my first play. It was Annie, of course, because, you know, when you're nine, that's what you're in. But I loved it. I fell in love with storytelling. I fell in love with acting, singing, dancing, every single aspect of it. Uh, And it didn't matter. This is the the interesting thing is I think a lot of young people, kids, you know, they want to be famous. They want to be a celebrity It wasn't ever about that. It was like, I didn't care what size the part was. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be part of a troop of people telling a story and even just entertaining people. It was fascinating to me. And so I committed at nine to pursue this career and didn't stop until I was in my early 20s. So, you know, I was devoted. I was a committed person. And I went, I went all the way to New York. I studied at NYU and I loved the craft of acting. However, while I was in New York and after I had sort of left, oh, I'm from Missouri, by the way. So I'm like this Midwestern girl, you know, I I grew up in a Catholic home. So I, you know, was, I had a God fearing household, but um, I had not owned my personal relationship with God at that point. And so then I go to New York and it's like a smorgasbord of poor choices available, you know? So I was like, yeah, so I'm going to try everything. And this is all terrible. (laughs) Even though, you know, on the outside, here's the crazy part. So I had gotten a really great job waiting tables, of course um, making a lot of money. I was making a lot of money waiting tables. I had this beautiful little apartment on the Upper East Side. I had an agent. I was going on auditions. Like on the outside, my life was like clicking along on all cylinders. Everybody's like, yeah, she's, she's going for it. That girl's going places. But on the inside, I was dying. Mm -hmm. I was in a really toxic relationship. I undervalued, I didn't understand my true worth. You know, I was trying to prove my value through my career, through my accomplishments. I was trying to say, you know, I'm worth something. Yeah. And yet all of these accomplishments, even though I was racking them up, I was like, oh yeah, I booked that, premiered in an off-Broadway show, like chunk, chunk, chunk. I still was like, I felt worthless on the inside. And the relationship that I was in just made that true to me. Um, and so there was this pivotal moment. I I was doing this big show and my mom was like, Hey, I'm going to bring one of my friends up to watch the show. So she flew in from Missouri. They were staying with me in my little apartment, you know, and just shacked up like starving artists. It was awesome. And after one of the, my sort of dress rehearsals, this woman that my mom brought with me, she was this spirit-filled Catholic. Like she was like a diamond, right? She's a diamond in the rough. And she could tell that I was I was just depressed. Like there was, there was a disconnect.
0: Yeah. And
1: so she asked me this really simple question. She said, hey, do you want to keep doing things your way or do you want to try things God's way? And wow. I, it was like one of those, you know, whack, like right in the face you're like, holy smokes, I don't even know how to answer that question. But I knew that the choices that I had been making were were devastating. And they weren't leading to the wholeness that I was deeply yearning for. And so (laughs) because I was not yet saved, (laughs) I was like, well, I'm clearly effing it up. So I might as well try it God's way you know? And so that was sort of how I put my hand up. I'm like, yeah, you're so good, Jess. (laughs) And so, um, but I did, I sort of surrendered my life, at least in part in that moment. And the crazy thing was, is God, God stayed faithful, even to that sort of like reluctant, like, sure, I'll give it a try uh, in my heart. And the thing that happened, it wasn't like a lightning bolt. I didn't like completely change all of my Um, debauchery, we'll say, uh, at that moment. But the shackles, the chains that had helped, like, I guess had caused me to keep coming back to these poor choices dissolved. Wow. And so all of a sudden I was filled with the power to say no. Hmm. And that was radically different than what I had had before. So all of a sudden I'm like, no, I don't want to do that no, I don't want to be in this relationship. No, I want to do it on my terms. And it, it this weight just came flying off of me. And then six months later, um, it was sort of like this sequence of events, right? A, a series of fortunate events, not unfortunate events happened. And so my girlfriend who I was working with at the time, she was also an actress. And she said, hey, let's move to LA. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do that. And I talked to my agent, my agent was like, yeah, you know, if you ever, if you want to do film and television, you really should move to LA and, you know, I'll introduce you to some agents out there and, you know, try to get your career rolling. And so I was like, great, sounds awesome. So made all these plans and two weeks before I was set to move to Los Angeles, my girlfriend has a nervous breakdown, like a legit hospitalization, nervous breakdown. And I'm like, what like I don't want to move to LA on my own. What in the world? That's that is crazy, you know. I don't know anyone there. Mm-hmm. I I had like a few friends from acting school that had moved, and but they were more acquaintances. It wasn't like I could call them up and be like, hey, I'm going to sleep on your couch for four weeks until I get my life together, you know. So I was freaking out, but I knew again that that weight, that restricted perversion of the truth, had been knocked out. And I was like, no, I need to move to Los Angeles. That is what God appointed. So I need to do it. So I I delayed my move by by like a month because I still needed to get some things in place. Like, let's be realistic here. But I flew to Los Angeles and I met with one of my friends. He was a director, actually. And I said, hey, can I you know hang out with you for a few days? I need to try to find an apartment and all kinds of stuff. And he's like, yeah, sure. No worries. So I stayed with him. I saw like, I don't know, 13 dodgy, terrible apartments with dodgy, terrible roommates. And I was like, I am going to end up on a case of CSI if I move in with these people. So I was like, I I cried out to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I know you want me to move here, but this just doesn't seem like the pieces are coming together. Mm -hmm. And on my very last day, like hours before I was supposed to go to the airport, I got this call from... This guy, his name was Sven, or no, no, not Sven, Stein. Stein sweet. That was his name and I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. You know? <laughs> and um so I called him up, he has this accent, he's from Sweden. He was great and I he was like he was like I have a room that I saw that you were looking and I'm like, yeah, okay. So I go and look at this apartment. It's perfect. Literally, Emily, it is perfect. Wow. It's it's in the perfect spot it He has his own private bedroom and bathroom all on his own side. Then the living area is kind of in the middle. And then on my side of the apartment, same, private room, private bathroom. I was like, okay. I mean, I was like, on the inside, I'm a ninja. Like, if he tries anything, I will have a hatchet under my pillow. So, like, we're good. <laughs> this is like me living in New York for many years. Like, nah, don't come in here. You're going to be in trouble big time. <laughs> so... At any rate, I ended up making an agreement to come back or come in like a couple of weeks, moving with Stein, and that was that was a major shift, both both in my mental and physical stability as well as my spiritual life. So I moved to LA. Within four weeks, I meet my husband, my now husband. Um, within two months, I have fully surrendered, like not just like reluctantly surrendered my life to Jesus but fully surrendered my life to Christ and from that point the adventure that I have gone on is wild and so it's only encouraged this part of my personality that always is kind of like seeking to press the boundaries and the limits on myself um on my courage and one of my life mottos is God calls us to, to courage, not comfort. So it's always courage over comfort. Mm-hmm. And I know Brene Brown says it all the time, but like, that's like my life motto. Like, let's not always, let's not get too complacent
0: yeah. in
1: life because I think God is always pressing each of us to the boundary of ourselves so that we're always living in mm-hmm. complete surrender to him.
0: Yeah. Oh my. It's like, now I have to ask you, Somebody's watching this right now and they're like, okay, I hear you, but I'm not as much of a boundary pusher as you are. So like, I am terrified hearing you say courage over comfort. (laughs) Where can someone just start with that? Because you're so right. And there isn't anything comfortable about growth or becoming. And so we do need to embrace that truth. So where does somebody even begin? Well, like you
1: said, everybody has a different threshold of what feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like my, my comfort level with risk and with boundary pressing Mm -hmm. might be much higher than yours. Yours might be just saying hello to a stranger. Like that might be like, (gasps) and you have like a little moment of freak out. That's Mm -hmm. okay. It's like, just try small steps. Whatever feels scary for you or whatever God is calling you to will likely feel scary. Just try it. That's it. It, It's like, just take one tiny step. And if you're kind of like me, whenever God calls me to something really big, I always ask, I'm like, Lord, you got to double down on confirmation for me on that one. Okay. That's like way beyond. And so if you're like that, like, like it feels really, really intimidating. Just say, Hey God, um, I'm feeling really uncertain and I'm feeling really afraid. Yeah. And I just want you, can you reconfirm for me that that is what you want? That's the step that you want me to take. And the crazy thing is, is God is so faithful. Like he's so faithful to that ask. Now, whether it'll be someone, he, here's a good example. Let's say you need to reconcile with someone from your past mm-hmm. or you need to take the first step of forgiveness. Those are really hard things, by the way. So I'm just like going to put that out there. But let's just say that's the thing that God's asking you to do. Like, hey, you need to take the first step and call up such and such and so and so and say, hey, I'm really sorry that the, that our relationship kind of went sideways yeah. and I wanted to take responsibility for my part. But you're like, I don't want to open a door mm-hmm. to a toxic relationship again. That's really that's wisdom, Right. So in that circumstance, it's like, God, I need you to double, double confirm on that that, that you want me to do that. And here's the crazy thing. You'll get a text message or you'll be scrolling and you haven't seen that person in 10 years and boom, there's their face or something that has to do with it. Like, don't be a fortune teller, but God will do those things. Yeah. And so that's what I would say to that person is like, look for confirmation and then just be obedient to that one little step. As you practice obedience, it gets more exciting. And it gets more fun.
0: I love that. Thanks for sharing that. And now an even deeper question, Jess. Oh gosh, (laughs) great to tell. Are you a coffee drinker? Oh, of course, yes, of course.
1: I think when you put your hand up, you say, "Jesus, I'm going to follow
0: you." He's like, "Yes, (laughs) caffeine is coming."
1: No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm with you. I love my coffee. It always it makes me for anybody yeah. who's done their becoming story and you don't drink coffee y'all I've told it to your face it makes me sad when someone <laughs> doesn't love coffee so I'm with you yeah. so how do you drink your coffee
1: um I'm kind of boring I I when I go to like a coffee shop I always get a hot lot la- a hot latte with regular milk like super plain no sugar nothing no no fancy but here's what I found so I'm kind of a, a little bit of a snob because I lived in Europe for a little bit so if if A coffee shop can make a beautiful, great latte without any of the extra fluff, then it's actually a really good coffee shop. So Mm -hmm. I always order the same thing.
0: Oh, that sounds delicious. I Mm -hmm. am a fan. So (laughs) if you're having a really good latte, not an average one, but a really good one, and you're sitting Mm -hmm. down with someone else on their own becoming journey, what would you say to encourage them? I think I would ask
1: him a question first. Um, I would say, what is the biggest hurdle that you face that is preventing you from moving forward? Mm -hmm. What is that thing? And then I would try to help deconstruct that thing and sort of give them the frame that God sees that thing through because God sees whatever that hurdle is and is like, it's not a thing Mm -hmm. because you do know me like that's not a thing. So let's go. You know,, um, but I think sometimes we need to call out those distractions or those hurdles or those fears, and we need to deconstruct them so that the way seems um, less scary.
0: yeah,
1: right. and 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 I think it's always inviting God into that space because when we recognize who we are doing this with,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: for, not not because we're afraid God's gonna judge us, But that we're like, hey, we're in partnership here. Mm -hmm. And when your partner like has all the resources that you could ever possibly need, has all of the power to exact change in the world and literally wants you to become who he created you to be, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that that thing really is not a big deal.
0: And you're like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) Yes, I yeah. love that so much, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. I so my word for twenty twenty three, I pick a word for the year, and this year's was new. And a couple of weeks yes. into the new year, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what's the new God? Like, just tell me what the new is. And I feel yeah. like over and over, He keeps reminding me and He's teaching me. Um, and the time that we're filming Jess's story, we're like two weeks into the new year, guys. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, already <laughs> at play, but. God keeps reminding me, hey, it's about the process and being prepared for the new. So let me know the new, right? You don't need to know the new, but you need to be prepared for it. And to step into the new, you got to get rid of the old. And so I love that you would ask those questions and what's holding you back. And I think the old stuff is what's holding us back from what's new and experiencing that fully. So- this was a great latte. I'm about it. Like, <laughs>
1: let's go. Well, Jeff. I love what you said about like the old, right? Because, you know, science and psychology, I, I love that kind of stuff. I'm sort of like Bible nerdy and science nerdy at the same time. So I just kind of like how they marry very well. Um, but, you know, trauma and our history informs the lens that we see the future. Yep. And so when when we haven't been able to let go of that or give that over to God, then we we kind of see the world through our own lens, yep. and and God can help us if we allow Him to. He can help us sort of like here really great visual put on His glasses, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> well that's not how it's going to be, even though that's how it was in the past. Yeah, you know, I, I every time I go home to Missouri, it's funny because we have history right we have history from our youth and we have history from past relationships so every time i go home i get a little bit of anxiety and i i've come to expect it cuz i'm like yep i'm going home i'm going back to those old ghosts i'm going back to those old perceptions of who i am even though i have grown past that mm-hmm. uh and and inevitably when i go home someone or some situation will kind of have a trigger, right? And it'll be like, hey, have you really grown past that? Are you really over that? And I was, I was back home for Christmas. And again, so I'm like packing my bags. I'm like, Jesus, you gotta come with me because I am not that person. And like I don't care. And here's the funny thing. So my mom has um sort of befriended some of my old high school friends. Like I, it's kind of nuts. And so we were planning on getting together and like, so I'm going to see these people I haven't seen in a, you know almost two decades, and that just rose the level of anxiety even more because I'm just thinking to myself, I was trying so hard to be something that I wasn't mm. back then, but I have fully embraced the person that I am in Christ, and so I I had to commit that all to prayer, and I had to say, okay, Lord, I know that this is not from you. You want me to go and be exactly who you have walked me through to become, mm-hmm. and so it's funny because you know I prayed that I surrendered it over to God. I was like, "Hey, God, I'll meet anybody. Like, you just help me be calm and be the person that you want me to be in that moment, and I'll be I'll be obedient. I'll be obedient to say even if that means apologizing. Because let's be honest, like there are some people that you probably should apologize to, to your in your past." And I was like, I'm ready. Well, when you know it, God just orchestrated that I never even had to face that while I was home. Wow. So I'd already done all the work. You know, God was like, oh, you did the work. You don't need to actually do it in real life. You did, you did it in your spirit life. You're good.
0: Wow, (laughs) That's a powerful example. Like, thank you for sharing and unpacking that. I really appreciate it. And this has been such an encouraging time. Like you are so wise and (laughs) I feel the courage that you've instilled in us to just take that one step Mm -hmm. and to trust God with each step moving forward. Um, Jess, is there anything else that you'd want to share on your becoming story as we wrap up your story today?
1: I think I want to say to the person watching who is waiting, I want to speak to that person, you're waiting on a sign, you're waiting on breakthrough, you're waiting on whatever, fill in the blank. God can only steer a moving ship. Hmm. So get moving, stop waiting, and see what direction he will guide you to.
0: Okay, I received that. Girl, that is... (laughs) So good. Like, wow, drop the mic. Thank you for sharing that, Jess. And if yes. somebody wanted to connect with you on social media and continue following your journey, yes. where can they connect with you online?
1: Yes. So, my website is a great place to get all the things, and that is jessicacary.co. Jessicacary.co. My Instagram is the other best place to find me, and that's Jess, J-E-S-S underscore, Carrie, C A R E Y A Z, because got to love living in Arizona.
0: Yes. Oh, that's so fun. I love it. Well, Welcome. hey, um, and we'll have all of those linked in the show notes for you guys. So it's very easy to click and follow Jess and connect with her. But thank you so much for sharing your story, who you are, who you're becoming, and just encouraging us to become who God made us to be, too. I appreciate you, warrior friend. Totally my pleasure. Thank you.